All right, welcome in Undraftables Podcast. We've made it past the double-digit market episodes up to episode 11 now. Coming to you a little bit later than normal, but better late than never. Uh, Cade Carlton, Cade Livingston with you. Before we get into anything today, I'll say what's up uh, on the other end of the phone to Cade Livingston. Oh, what's going on, man? It's good to be uh, good to be here, like you said, a little bit later. But uh, I guess, you know, since nobody's paying our bills, we can do this whenever we want. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, and it's been a crazy uh, week for both of us too. So you know, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's, it but, is what uh, it is. You know, it's uh, hey, we've got a bunch of sports on. This is a rare time. Usually, this time of August is just dead, and yeah, you know, we've just got a ton of sports on. It's really cool. So um, you know, it's it's good for guys like us or are trying to do this and trying to keep the podcast going. we got a lot to talk about. For sure. Uh, I've been watching some baseball today. Uh, have the PGA Tour stop in Memphis pulled up right now. So, uh, rooting for Brooks Kepka and those plus 2,600 odds, baby. We're close. We're closing <laughs> in. We're close. So, could be a good payday. Brooks Kepka wins this. But, uh, yeah, so – PGA Tour going on. That's been going on for a while, but uh, you know, we, we talked about it last weekend. We were in a hotel in Hoover about the the uh, the WNBA restarting. Uh, but this week we got the NBA restart. And listen, like yesterday, which is was Saturday, August first. Yesterday was awful. Like the, every single game was a blowout, or every single game was like a hundred and thirty to a hundred and twenty, something like that. Like there was no defense. Yesterday was awful. But Thursday and Friday were great, great days of basketball. Like, those games Thursday night were – I mean, they were sloppy, but they were entertaining. They came down to the final possession, and they couldn't have asked for a better start to the season Thursday and Friday. It just kind of tapered off a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, Thursday night you had two one-possession games. Um, you know, I still can't believe Utah came back and won. Yeah. And it, it – didn't seem like they were in the game at all and then you look up and they win the game um you know granted if zion plays two more minutes you know new orleans probably wins but hey and, you know that situation is what it is and um and then you had the nightcap with half the clippers playing the lakers team and yeah. you know and, and another if that's the preview of the western conference you know finals uh sign me up for that all day so um you know and then friday night you had I mean, speaking of no defense, you had the Rockets and Mavericks. Uh, yeah. But but some drama with it, you know, a tip in late to tie, and then the Rockets winning overtime. And, um, you know, you had, the, you had the Bucks, you know, playing on national TV against the Celtics. That yeah. was a that was Grizzlies a really Blazers, game. middle of the afternoon, yeah. phenomenal, went to overtime. Yep. I mean, you know, uh, yesterday's games, yeah, weren't great. Um but you know it's that's somewhat expected. I think you know I think it's going to be hit and miss for a week, and and I think once it gets closer to playoff time, I think you'll really start to see intensity pick up. So, what do you um, think about the? Because uh, I've had some debate over this the last couple of days. What do you think about the? Uh, I guess virtual fans that they're doing, where you can like buy your seat through Michelob Ultra or however they're doing, it, and you can be virtually there at the game. Um, not a huge fan because it just looks different. It looks yeah. like we we kind of we kind of got on the Major League Baseball for the cutouts. Give me the cutouts over the virtual fans yeah. all day. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. I mean, it was cool to see Chris Bosh there for the Lakers game the other night. 
Paul Pierce pulled up to the Celtics game yesterday, so that was kind of cool, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It, it's Honestly, it's been kind of distracting just because you look up and you notice how many empty seats there are <laughs> in this virtual yeah. fan deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, heck, I'd rather them put the players that are there watching kind of in those spots so we can see who else is watching. Yeah. And, you know, like that to me, that's that's more intriguing. But hey, you know, they're trying to figure out ways to make money, you know, in this this kind of this lost season, at least financially for a lot of people. So, um, hey, whatever, whatever they need to do. Yeah, that's been that's been different to get used to. But I, everything else, like I, I thought they've done a great job, like it sometimes it doesn't even feel like they aren't playing without fans until like you see those virtual fans because just some of the camera angles and the way you know they've piped in noises and I don't know I I think uh, the NBA's restart has probably gone off better than anybody else's in the fact that you just don't really miss the fans at all to me at least no no I mean the, I noticed it maybe once. Uh, during one of the games, I can't remember who I was watching, but uh, the announcer like got really excited and he kind of projected a little too much, thinking that in a regular game that he would have to talk over the crowd noise, and he yeah. didn't have to, you know. But I mean, but also he was genuine; it was real emotion. And um, I will say this: their popped-in crowd noise sounds a lot better than Major League Baseball's. Yeah. Like. It, it, it sounds real for the most part where baseball is you can just, I don't know. It's just so constant. I guess, in, you know, in NBA, they're always playing music and stuff during the game. So the, you, sometimes you don't really notice a crowd even at a, even when they're there in the NBA where in baseball, it's such a big part of what's going on. You can definitely tell a difference. Yeah. So I, uh, so I actually last night, like, I've watched so much baseball this week. Like, I've probably watched more baseball this week than I ever have in my life. Uh, just because, like, I, you know, I, the Cubs were playing the Reds, and so that would wrap – they, you know, they played them at, like, 540 in the afternoon, so that would wrap up. And then by the time that wraps up, you have all the nightcap games. So I've been watching that. So yesterday, uh, I mixed it up a little bit. I caught, like, two or three innings of the Cubs-Pirates game on the radio just because I haven't really listened to baseball on the radio since it came back. And I, I – like, if you would have told me – if I had no idea that there weren't fans there, I would believe there were fans on the radio because the radio broadcast sounds totally normal. But it's just the telecast that throws everything off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's – I haven't got to listen to anything on the radio. I, that's not That's not really my thing that I, that I do. But um, that's good that sounds like because I know a lot of people are big, big into listening to it on the radio. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, just looking through some scores right now with baseball, um, my Braves finished off a sweep of the Mets. Um, they had a huge comeback, uh, a couple nights ago down, down 10 to two and came back and won 11, 10. And they yeah. kept that going. Um, and, uh, playing some pretty good baseball. I see the Orioles finally got to play and, and there's, you know, shout out to coach Smith and his Orioles. They're, <laughs> they're only a couple games back, you know, they're, his $2 bet still alive. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I, I mean, hey, I'm just glad we got sports, man. Fans or no fans, we've got it. It's been fun to watch. Uh, you know, I just got a text from some buddies that the, the, the FedEx is getting really good. I think there's five guys tied yeah. to the lead right now. Yeah, five so. guys tied at 11 under. I have it pulled up watching it right in front of me right now. So, it's – it's um, 
It would be awesome if I didn't have money on Brooks Kepka to win. It'd be awesome. But I have money on Brooks <laughs> Kepka, so I'm stressed right now. So yeah, Kepka. Yeah. Uh but no, like yeah, it's it's been awesome. Um and the NBA for the most part is but like I've been sports overload this week. Like I haven't I don't know what to do because like at one point Thursday night I had baseball pulled up and I was like surfing game to game. Uh, I had two tabs pulled up on my computer. One was Lakers Clippers and the other was the Sparks and somebody else. Like I've had so many browser tabs and so many different things pulled up this week. Like, and I'm not used to that in August because there's not supposed to be anything going on right now, but everything is going on right now. Yeah. I mean, usually at this time we would be like getting geared up for fall camp for college football and NFL and, and, and not that we're not, but, I mean, honestly, I haven't even thought about that really because we've got NBA and we got baseball's yeah. just starting and, and and WNBA's on and and so um, no, this is for all that's bad that's happened in 2020. This has kind of been you know a nice relief here to start August and and uh, to get us going into maybe the start of school and and all that stuff for sure. Um... So the NBA and uh, golf and baseball for that pack have been a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, but the one thing about the MLB that we're going to hit on is just like I just think the stupidity of some MLB teams. Like nobody's had a problem with this coronavirus for the most part, except for the Marlins and the Cardinals. Like every there there have been isolated cases on some other teams. You know, the Phillies had a couple, the Nationals had a couple. I think the Yankees had to test everybody. So like there have been some cases, but really it's boiled down to two teams, the Marlins and the Cardinals. And what do those two teams have in common? The Marlins are rumored to have gone to the strip club or the club or whatever it was one night when they were on the road. Uh, and the Cardinals, two of their best pitchers were fishing on Lake of the Ozarks 10 days before the season started. And the Cardinals, as a team, were rumored to go out to a casino one night on the road. Like, man, those two teams, and I don't think baseball is going to get canceled, but if baseball gets canceled, those two teams are to blame, ruining it for everyone just because they're doing stupid things. Like, how hard is it for two or three months to just lay back, chill, and play baseball? it's not that hard because they're almost playing every day. So you, yeah. you have, I mean, it's not like you have off days and not, I mean, you're, you're doing something every day. Um, it sounds like the Marlins met up with Lou Williams at magic city yeah. <laughs> and, you know, ordered the chicken wings. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like it's all with the Marlins. It's almost like they took a pill of COVID or something like just yeah. saying, screw it, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, and then and if it's true with the Cardinals going to casino, like, come on, guys. Like, I mean, you know, the, they're, the players are the ones that voted against the bubble in baseball. And, you know, if, if they – if it gets canceled because they couldn't control themselves when they voted against it, that's going to look really bad on baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, where it, the, the NBA and WNBA is proving – that the bubble works, you know, as far as, as far as this COVID stuff. So, um, but would it surprise anybody if baseball had to cancel just another black eye on baseball? Like we talked about before, yeah. how they couldn't get started when they could have had the whole world watching. And here they are. They're the, they're the ones that are dealing with COVID now. 
No, and like my thing is like don't punish everyone else. Like punish the Marlins and the Cardinals. Tell them they have to shut everything down for the season. If you're going to be reckless and careless, then you don't deserve to play. It's not, you know, no none of these other teams at the top, the Cubs, the Braves, the Yankees, like none of these teams have had problems with coronavirus except for those two. They're the only ones that have had problems with this. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it would be that would be one of the best moves baseball can make is shut the Cardinals and Marlins down. Like, prove a point, you know, like because what, what you're not everybody else is doing their job, and it's not fair to everybody else if this ends up getting shut down over those two teams. Now, with that being said, it looks like Rob Manford told everybody that hey, we're still going to try to play, we're still going to get this under control, yeah. but the players have to do a better job, and. Again, Marlins and Cardinals, pay attention. This is on you. So, like, y'all need to get it under control. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I It's almost to the point, I don't know if you saw yesterday where the NFL came out and said that they were going to fine players for going to church if the church was over 25% capacity. Yeah. And, and you know – uh, that's a that's a whole nother subject that for another day and maybe not on this podcast, but Major League Baseball may have to start doing something like that with these players. You know, yeah. if if that's what it's going to be, you know, like at least the NFL is showing that hey, we're going to try and play, we're going to try to keep our athletes safe. No, I agree, but like the thing is, like I think baseball has been really fun and like. I think a lot of people have been watching, like, obviously, you know, the blackout stuff. People are still ticked about that, which I am, too, because, like, I wanted to watch the Astros the other night. But, you know, for some reason, living in Jonesboro, Arkansas, they were blacked out, which, you know, makes a whole lot of sense. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. But I just, I don't know. I feel like 28 of the 30 teams, for the most part, are abiding by all the guidelines and whatnot. So those 28 teams shouldn't be punished. It should be the two that aren't abiding by the guidelines they get punished but uh yeah so uh it's been hard to keep up with anything that's like not going on in terms of live sports it's like on the television right in front of your face but uh we have had a little bit of college basketball news over the course of the last you know two or three days with a lot of guys returning uh, one of which uh, was a big one for in the SEC with Isaiah Joe returning to Arkansas, which makes them, you know, probably one of the two or three favorites to win the SEC next year to me. Yeah, I mean, I would say that a lot of people probably thought Arkansas would be in the top five next year without Joe. Yeah. But him coming back gives them, you know, a, a star – Somebody that you have to game plan for makes the makes it easier on the, on all the newcomers. You know, all of a sudden, you know Moses Moody as a freshman's not drawn the best defender. He's maybe drawn the third best defender. You know, and um, I think it, I think they're definitely in the conversation for uh, you know to win it. I think it's them, Kentucky, and Tennessee are your top three teams in the SEC next year. Um, Hopefully they get to play. I mean, it, it looks like, you know, with the yeah. commitment to playing some football that we'll get some kind of basketball. But, uh, no, I mean, that's that's huge for the Razorbacks and Musselman. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, how that works out. And, and But he wasn't the only big name to come back. You had uh, the Luca Garza at yeah. Iowa. 
Yeah. You know, now, now they go from, you know, maybe an NCAA tournament team to now they're a Final Four contender. You know, he's, yeah. uh, you got to think he's going to be the favorite for National Player of the Year going mm-hmm. into it. Um, Aaron Henry at Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, Michigan State's always going to be good with Izzo, but now they get him back. They did lose Tillman. Yeah. Which but, was a big blow. But, but, you know, Tillman's got, you know, the thing about Tillman, he's got a couple kids that, you know, I, I, I get him. Like, if he doesn't go to the NBA, he'll go over to Europe and play and make good money. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Virginia got one of their top players back in Huff. Um, Illinois got two, like, got two guys back to, where they were probably not going to be a tournament team, and now they could win the Big Ten, you know, compete with Iowa. And yeah. uh, Kofi Cockburn and uh, um, Asumu, uh, shout out to Coach McCord. Uh, he's a he's a big uh, Illinois fan because Brad Underwood, their coach, uh, he, he liked him a lot. So uh, he always talks about Illinois, but they got two big players back, you know. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga got a big one back. Uh, even though they did lose one, they lose. They lost Petrosov earlier. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, he's going to go play professionally overseas, um, which is a big loss. But but with you know um, the guy they got back yesterday, he's going to they'll Joel, be in the top Joel five. Joel yeah. or however you pronounce his last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they they signed a top five recruiting class, and uh, um. So no, that that's so. Usually it goes the opposite way. Yeah. Usually these guys keep well, their name in, don't don't get drafted, and you never hear from them again. Well, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the draft got pushed back. I mean, the draft got pushed back until what was it September, or October? The NBA draft got pushed back. I think it was. Uh, I think it was October. It might be. Yeah, it's going to have to be after the season. So it got pushed back to October. Well, college basketball is supposed to start. You know. At the end of at the first of November, so that only leaves you about a month between the NBA draft and college basketball starting. So I think this year, with like all the uncertainty and not being able to do the, you know, draft combine and all that stuff until late in the fall, like a lot of these borderline guys are coming back. Like not a whole lot of them are going to risk it this year, especially when like you just don't know. Yeah, I mean, and that's smart on their part. Um, I mean. These guys in college are getting treated really good. You know, we'll we'll talk later about you know image likeness and all that stuff. But I mean, they're getting they're living in really nice you know places. They get they get great meals every day. They get top of the line treatment. They got nice practice facilities. I mean, playing college basketball in the in a Power Five league is a lot of times it's better than you know playing in the G League or overseas or something. So. Um, you know, it's smart on their part to come back, especially if they were a borderline first round pick or not going to be drafted at all. Come back and prove that you, you deserve to be drafted. And, um, like, like with Isaiah Joe, you know, like I think it's smart, you know, he, he, he may have got drafted late in the second round and then you're, you know, you're behind the eight ball because you you just never know. Come back and prove you're a first-round pick. Because, I mean, going into last year, people thought he had a chance. And, you know, I think the injury hurt him. And then Mason Jones having an unbelievable year kind of took some of the spotlight off of him. Now he can he can lead Arkansas back, you know. It's been so long since the Razorbacks have been to a Sweet 16. And if yeah. he if he leads them to that or further, you know, you're talking about he'll, he's a guaranteed first-round pick. No, and I think you're looking at probably one of the better products college basketball has had next year 
with everyone coming back, which is why I'm just like, man, let's just get a vaccine and get done with this crap because I, I really don't have to miss college basketball next year because I really think next year is going to be one of the best years, you know, all around for men's college hoops that we've had in the last, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 years. Yeah, it should be. And, and you know, one thing that we haven't mentioned and – and I haven't seen it mentioned in a while. Is all I say all the recruits, but some of the recruits that skipped college to go G League. I don't know that that's going to be that big a deal anymore yeah. because I mean, yeah, like freshmen that go to Duke and Kentucky, yeah, they make a huge impact. But I mean, those, those aren't sure things to, to lead your team. And so, veterans is what really wins in college basketball. And all these guys coming back are really going to help their team and, like you said, really help the sport to, you know, it'd be a competitive season. And I, I think that's what we all want, you know. Yeah. And uh, Because I think deep down most of us are, are big college basketball fans and uh, enjoy the that side of basketball. Um, and, you know, it's just better for us, you know, selfishly. Yep. Uh, so some good basketball news this week in, in terms of college. But we did have some – really kind of bad news uh that came out uh friday with uh you know shifting back to the pros and the WNBA uh Sabrina Ionescu um uh, man it's honestly amazing it wasn't worse than what it was you know I had it pulled up uh watching it live uh and you know she steps on you know the posing player's foot or whatever and like, as soon as I saw it, I thought her ankle just, like, snapped. I thought it was just completely broken, and this is going to be, like, you know, a one-year process. Uh, it comes back as a grade three ankle sprain, and, uh, you know, the Liberty put out yesterday that expected to miss a month. Uh, I would be shocked if it's just a month. I would say probably the rest of the season she's out. But, uh, I mean, it, it could have been a whole lot worse, but still, I man, it's just a huge – huge blow to the WNBA especially because she was coming off the 33 7 and 7 night just two games ago in her second game as a pro and looked like you know she was starting to get back on pace to win rookie of the year yeah I mean it was uh obviously a huge blow for a lot of reasons I think New York's only chance to make the playoffs was her to have a a stat line like that every night and yep. now they're not going to get that. Um, and it's, and it's a huge blow to the TV network showing the WBA because how many games did they have scheduled of the New York Liberty? And now, you know, they're putting a far, you know, inferior product on the floor that, you know, in a time that the WBA was really trending up, hopefully that doesn't kill it, you know, because yeah. those, those games aren't going to be very good. And, um, but you know, that chance for somebody else to step into the, to the spotlight. And I mean, I I don't know how much you've watched so far. I've watched four or five games already, man. It's been some really good basketball as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's been fun and, and, and it's not even, I only watched part of one of New York's games. I've been watching a lot of the others and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been, it's been really fun to see really quality basketball early on and, and hopefully that continues and we uh we can keep getting good basketball this year no yeah i've uh so i've kind of made it the point to watch uh when the seattle storm play i think i missed one of their games uh 
watched when the Aces play. I've only missed one of their games. Uh, and I've watched, I think, just about every Liberty game. So there's about three or four teams that uh, – and the Atlanta Dream. I've watched about every one of the Atlanta Dream's games just to see Kennedy Carter. So, you know, there's about four teams there where I try to watch just about every time they're on. But, uh, no, it's been good. Uh, I, like, the telecasts suck. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the product has been good. It's just the telecasts are just awful for the WNBA. But the product itself has been pretty good uh, since it restarted, you know, a week or so ago. Yep, yep, no doubt. So, um, you know, just a little update on what's going on in the NBA. Portland's made a little run. Boston has taken a lead. Here, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, Lillard's going off. Yeah. How about um, T.J. Warren last night, by the way? T.J. Warren went off against the 76ers. And how about he was uh, <laughs> he was traded for two second-round draft picks? Yeah. I mean, you know, by the Suns. Leave it leave it to the Suns right now to kind of just – what are the – you know. Yeah, they're in the bubble, but really the, should they even be in the bubble? They're not very good. Yeah. I mean, but no, he yeah he went bonkers in, in a game where Joel Embiid had like forty one and yeah. 21. Well, it's crazy because the Sixers got it back to within three. Like they were down like seven with forty five seconds to go. They get it back to within three with I don't know like twenty eight seconds to go. So you're thinking like, all right, you go down, uh, you know, you let them shoot. You're going to get the ball back with four or five seconds to go. And T.J. Warren just hits a three from like 40 feet out at the top of the key, it felt like. It just buries us. Like, oh, my gosh, man. This is crazy. Like, it was one of the best performances of the NBA season. Yeah, and, and it, you know, easily the best performance in the in the bubble so far. Yeah. Um, so – uh, but that's that's good. That's what we need, and that's that's what the sport needs to you know to keep people coming back and watching. You know, and uh, you know I don't know if you just seen where uh, Giannis Cespedes for the Mets is going to go yeah. ahead and call it a season. Yeah, that's um, that that was a crazy storyline too because like everything comes out this morning, and it's like Cespedes hasn't reported to the facility. The Mets can't get in contact with him. It's like holy crap! Like what happened to him? And then they're like, oh, it's nothing major. He just hasn't reported. So I mean, thankfully <laughs> it was just him opting out because you know initially it looked worse than that. Honestly, right. Well, I mean, we've had situations like that happen in, in baseball before, and it's not been good. <laughs> and yeah. you know, with you know, so luckily that he's okay. He just you know was irresponsible and didn't tell anybody that hey, I'm not playing anymore this year. But um, so I got I, I got something I want want your opinion about. Okay. Um, we've had uh, we, we've had the SEC come out and the ACC come out with their football schedule for the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are your thoughts on the conference only? I guess the ACC is doing one non-conference game. Um, we'll see if that happens. I don't know who they're going to play, <laughs> you know, because I believe the Big Ten and yeah. and and the SEC are only doing conference games. Big Twelve is meeting tomorrow. Um, kind of, what are your thoughts on on the power conferences? Uh, you know, and what they're doing with their football schedule. Um, I don't know. It's College football to me is kind of one of those deals where um, I believe it when I see it. I think that, you know, in Arkansas they announced 
last week that, you know, we were kind of on the trend to get high school football back. And I think there are going to be a lot of states where you're going to play high school football. I think uh, the NFL is going to go off, and I would say the NFL probably goes off without a hitch. I just – college football to me is just the one where I just – I don't know because I – it gets into a situation of where if you're playing college football at a university that's all online, how do you tell football players that it's okay to be on campus when other students can't? Or it becomes a deal where if you let everyone back onto campus um, and COVID starts spreading like wildfire, like what do you do with your football team? I just think there's so much logistics and so many unanswered questions. Like I just – don't know that and I think some leagues probably will but I don't know that every league is going to be able to go off without a hitch in this conference only schedule and to me like to me the conference only schedule is dumb like uh, especially in the SEC so like you're telling Texas A&M it's okay to go to maybe like a South Carolina but they can't play Texas or they can't play you know whoever in Texas like I don't know like the conference-only schedule to me is a little dumb. Well, I think some of that, because I was of the same opinion, but I did a little research on it, and it's more of they, since they're playing only conference games, they can control kind of if fans are allowed, just the different protocols and stuff where yeah. if if Texas and Texas A&M played, well, if A&M's at Texas, it's whatever Texas wants. And, you know – maybe not as much control over, you know, who's allowed into the stadium and and things like that. Um, I do think the SEC with them starting late September is get they're. I think they're kind of concerned about some of the same, same things you are. And it's given them time to figure out how to, you know, deal with if there is an outbreak. Yeah. Um, because, I, you know, my my thought is, like, selfishly, I wish we could put college football in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And, and that would consist of all these schools going online only, bring your athletes on campus, you know, let them still do their online classes and still play, you know. Now, what kind of message is that sending? You know, yeah, is it putting athletics probably above academics? Maybe. But, but that's kind of no, always the case, you know? Yeah, well, it's that's what I was going to say. It's what no makes secret. more money? Yeah, that what drives these – I mean, honestly, I'm not – you're not a fan of Ole Miss because of their engineering program. No. You know? yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not an Arkansas fan because of, you know, their the school of law or their business or, or whatever. You know, it's because of their athletics. So, um, yeah, I just feel, you know, I guess that would be one way to do it. Or – you know, I've been talking to some coaches. I think it, it may be getting to the point where these presidents and athletic directors and conference commissioners are seeing that, hey, this is something we got to deal with it. We mm-hmm. know it's going to happen, and let's go with it, you know. And, and yeah. you know, hopefully that's the case and we can have college football. Well, and, like, I just – and I think you have to have college football. I just – there's so many unanswered questions that I just would like to know the answer to, but, like – I think you have to have college football. I'm not the biggest fan of the conference-only schedules, uh, but if that's the way that you can play college football, then I'm all for it because if you don't play college football, you're killing off like half of the group of five. And even some Power 5 schools you might kill off because, I mean, 
Like, for instance, like Louisiana Monroe's athletic budget is $15 million. They're losing $3 million of that athletic budget and guaranteed in buy games this year because the SEC is going conference only. Like, there's a whole lot of schools like that that have to play college football. So, like, I, I don't think it's a deal where, you know, you could just say, ah, we're going to skip and, you know, we'll start up with basketball. Like, no, you have to play college football. And to me, it has to be in the fall. I just – there's so many things that have to get answered before we can get to that point is my point. I think it's even more imperative at the high school level. Like I just, I don't believe you can tell a 16 or a 17 year old kid, Hey, uh, sorry, you missed out on seven on seven camps this year. And sorry, you missed out on any kind of show or exposure this summer, but uh, we're also going to cancel your football season. So good luck on the recruiting trail. You know, I, I just don't think you can tell kids that either. Well, I think what you're going to see is in that situation, those kids that are the really the only reason they go to school is to play their sport. They're just not going to go to school. Yeah. And because in their minds, why would, you know, because they only show up to because athletics is saving, probably saving a lot of kids lives, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and they're going to look at it as crap. If I don't have my season, then there's no point in me showing up. And, um, that's that it is what it is with that but i agree um i don't know it's going to be interesting you know you talked about uh, arkansas coming out saying they're going to play they, they still made a very vague statement of they did say they're going to play but did they really say they were gonna yeah play? you yeah. know and um i, I don't know it, it, I'm, I'm with you i think that's why you know the SEC is the bell cow for you know college conferences because mm-hmm. they pushed it back to late September and it, they bought themselves more time to figure this out. And yeah, and uh, I think that's going to be the case in Arkansas too. Like I, I don't think there's any way you can play week zero at this point. You know, I got to looking at it last week. Like so, in an ideal scenario, so this week you know begins August third. So this week you're going through practice with you know helmet. And that's it. So in an ideal scenario, you get August 10th through 14th, August 17th through 21st for full contact uh, practice, and then you go into a game week. Like I just, I don't think that's realistic. I think Arkansas, uh, if and when we do play football, is probably going to be conference only, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and I would think that every football coach would. If that's what we got to do, they'll be okay with it. Yeah. You know, granted, they want their full season, but you know, it's just they would rather play seven games instead of zero. So, um, I don't know if you saw this tweet Friday night from Pat Forty um, talking about uh, if the NCAA doesn't go ahead with fall sports or fall fall championships, you know, that the Power Five is talking about holding its own mm-hmm. and how that will be the first step in a breakaway possibly from the NCAA. Um, and th- there was one, you know, uh, AD of a power five that told 40 that if, if I were Mark Emmert, I'd be really worried about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, and it's crazy that this may be the end of the NCAA as we know it. Um, not saying that's a bad thing. No, <laughs> uh, it's not. I, I, I definitely, but what does that do to the group of five schools and, and, you know, and, and not just in football, but in these other sports, Yeah, you know, what does that do to the NCAA Um, tournament, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, that granted it's been great, you know, the NCAA tournament's awesome, but we also don't know the, 
the behind the scenes stuff of that to, you know, can it be better? Will it be worse? You know, uh, it's just so much unknown uh, with that. But if you're a Power Five school or a conference, what's keeping you in the NCAA? You're the one making NCAA money. Yeah. You're still going to make money. You know. Well, um, and what if the NCAA says there's no fall championships? Okay, why are we playing football? Like, yeah. what is the point, or if for any fall sport for that matter, what is the point of getting out there if at the end of the day it's just like, ah, you know what, conference plays over, season's over, like. There's no point. Like, if you can't play for a championship at a national level, there's no point in playing fall sports. Not at all. I mean, especially during this time yeah. when you're risking health and, and, and other things. And, and and so that and that leads into, obviously, we don't have a lot of details on it, and it'll probably be something that, if it has legs, that we'll talk about on future episodes. But uh, the Pac-12 football players, you know, saying that they're going to boycott uh, the start of fall camp, you know, and they had a list of demands and, um, I don't know, it, it, during this time, you know, people, like we've said earlier, people have had a lot of time to sit and think about things and, um, some are good and some are crazy. And, and, and what are you, what are your thoughts on, on what the PAC 12 football players are doing and saying? I mean, I, I mean, I agree with them because at this point, like what has the NCAA or individual conferences put out there? about health and safety protocols for this season. Like, I'll go ahead and answer that for you. They have not put anything out. No individual conference, no uh, NCAA stuff. Like, we don't even know if we're going to have media days at this point. The only conference that's announced that is the Big 12. Like, there have been no announcements whatsoever. And so if I'm a player, like, yeah, like I'm I'm forcing the initiative by saying, look, you either give us something concrete uh, about the health and, health and safety protocols or we're out. Because at this point, like – we're a month out, month and a half out from the season, and we know nothing. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with the players on the, um, on the health and safety stuff. I, I think some of this other stuff that they put in there is a little. They better be careful. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see any way that they can get fifty percent of the revenue. Like that, that's just, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like they, somebody's giving them some bad advice. To be on that, but I agree. I think there needs to be, um, you know, something, they need to come out with something. And, 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 and if they're making these kids sign a waiver to say that they won't, you know, sue or they're not responsible for, yes, you are responsible yeah. for their health. Like that's to me, that's, that's part of the recruitment process. And you, you, you get these kids and families to trust into, into the coaching staff and the athletic department, and then ultimately the university to take care of their kid. And yeah. to me, that's not asking too much, you know, now yeah, it may be asking too much to pay them $50,000 on top of it, right. you know, but, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know, like there's part of it, of, of that statement they put out that I'm like, yeah, that needs to happen. And then there's part like guys like you're, come on now, you're, yes, you're making the school lots of money, but you also get treated better than any other student on campus. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, Cade, you probably haven't lived on campus to go to college, but, um, I have, and no, I did my freshman year. Yeah. Okay. Well, but you didn't go off, I guess I'm saying, right. But still there are even times that you're, you're thinking, where's your next, you know, I scrounge two bucks up to go to McDonald's, the dollar menu. Mm -hmm. Well, 
now with these all these plans for these student athletes, you know, they, they've got the unlimited meal plans and stuff, and um, a lot of especially Power Five, and we're talking Pac-12 here, so they're Power Five. They have chefs on call twenty four hours. You know that. You know, so it's not like they're being mistreated right now. I mean, um, <laughs> for those of you watching uh, Last Chance, you, I mean, yeah, though yeah. that's that's not what the Pac twelve is going through right now. <laughs> no, it's not, and we'll and, and we'll touch on that too a little bit. The Last Chance, you, because I think this season has been really good so far. But no, like I'm I'm with you. That's not what they're going through. But at the same time, like it's it's the reason why I will not believe. I won't believe we're going to have fall sports in the NCAA until I see it just because nobody wants to come out and say this is how we're going to do it and this is how we're going to keep players and coaches safe. Like Nobody wants to come out and say that, and it's getting time to where you have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I did see where um... – you know, for my Razorback fans, Bobby Petrino is now at Missouri State. They started fall camp over the weekend. Um, yeah. And, they, you know, of course, they were only in helmets and shorts, but they were lined up, basically going through walk-throughs across from each other like it was a real game, except without pads on. So I saw pictures of that and stuff. That's encouraging to me. Um, hopefully, you know, I'm sure they're getting tested, you know, every week or a couple days or something. And, and hopefully, you know, nothing goes off there and it can be kind of a model for, for what's going on. But, um, uh, yeah, you hit on last chance you a little bit. I guess we yeah. both did. Um, I don't I, I, I have a little bit different opinion. I think it, I've, I've finished it. I think it was a okay. good season. Um, it wasn't my favorite though. Like it, I don't know. It just, I understood what they did from, from the past seasons. They, they've had so much, uh, the people that they have that they've had as main characters in the past, the Jason Browns and the head coach down in Mississippi, yeah, those were very boisterous, yeah. yes. And uh, they went kind of away from that. Um, and, and I think, and I get why they did. Uh, I think the season, obviously, the Laney team was not as good as what they had been, and so when your coach doesn't act like Jason Brown it, it and when you finish six and four, there's kind of no, there's, mm-hmm. it's not great TV, you know, um, because Jason Brown could go, zero and 10 and you would tune in every week just to see what he said. Right. And, and where this is like, they're six and four, they're going, it's basically a typical six and four season where you're going through some injuries, some, you know, kids maybe not playing as hard as they should or not playing, you know, they're, they're sitting out, you know, cause they don't want to get hurt and stuff like that. And you've got that in this season that made it kind of, there wasn't a lot of drama for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See, I'm only, I finished the third episode and like, I really liked the first episode and I was like, Oh, okay. This might be one of the best last chance you season just because, uh, you know, it was a nice change of pace. You know, there wasn't the you know, the yelling and the cursing and the screaming and all that. And so it, it was a nice change of pace. But, you know, I went on through like the second and third episodes and I just like found myself bored. And I honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to finish it now, but just because it's like you said, there's just like no drama about it whatsoever. Like the head coach is tame and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's a cool environment, but like, it's just not an environment that makes me want to tune in every week. If that makes sense. Well, and I guess, 
I think you need to finish it because it's not – it's still a good – like, if it was the first season, I think it would be a really good first season, you know. But uh, he does get a little more animated, but it felt forced almost because of the season wasn't going like they thought it was going to go. And so they – it's almost like they told him, hey, you may want to ramp it up a little bit. <laughs> and um, just to get some kind of wow factor out of it. But, yeah. Um, you know, you feel for the kid Dior, you know, sleeping in his car. Yeah, that um, that one was that one was tough. Um, and he, and you wonder like, could they really not have done anything for him? You know, or you wonder maybe is was that for the camera? Hopefully, ho- that's what I hope. But like, man, like that's a tough situation for all those kids that they don't have dorms on campus. Um, they don't have you know really a cafeteria. Those kids are eating on their own. And all that stuff, and um, I don't know. It, it definitely a different vibe, uh, not as good, but still. I thought last chance you had a lot to, you know, had a lot to live up to with the past seasons, and so to say this is not as good doesn't mean it's not good at all. So. Right? Yeah, I uh, I actually finished uh, Fear City last night on Netflix. That's what I did instead of watching uh, Last Chance You. Which anybody that's like big into uh, mob movies and you know mob documentaries and stuff like that check it out uh shout out to paul pena uh i was talking to him last night he was like watching mob night on amc and so he said he had watched it and said it was really good uh but i love it mob city on netflix it's about uh the uh the new york mob in like the 70s and the 80s and how the fbi through wiretaps and stuff like that took them down three parts highly recommend if you haven't seen cool it. cool have you uh have you seen quantico i have not uh, that's what i'm currently watching um it was an abc series uh, it's intriguing you know about the fbi and, and training for it and um it's it's not bad especially you know during this time with if you're not watching sports it's worth watching yep. you know you know because I, I guess i guess there's not really anything Besides Last Chance You, there's not anything big out right now on Netflix, you know, that that's new. So, um, but uh, have you have you ever watched Kingdom? Uh, I have not. No, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it, no. Uh, I've heard, I've seen a lot of, I, I, I noticed it on Netflix for the first time, and I, I'd never seen it. And then I seen like four or five people tweet about it, that it, they were excited that it was on there, that it's a really good show. So that may be, you know, later on in the year. Yeah, if you need I something think, to watch, uh, check out. I think Yellowstone might be in my next adventure now that they've launched this uh, Peacock streaming service, and they have all the Yellowstone on that. Because you previously you haven't been able to watch it anywhere; it, right. you've only been able to buy it episode by episode on Amazon Prime. And so, uh, I actually I watched the first episode of it and I liked it, but I just wasn't going to buy the rest of the season. And so uh, now that it's on streaming, that might be my next move. But uh, yeah, I, I've heard I've heard that's really good as well. So. Yeah. But there is a lot of sports on right now, so who knows oh, yeah. when I'll ever sit down and watch a TV show again. So, um, All right, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Hope to have a guest of some sort on, be it uh, NBA or back to our stomping grounds of women's college basketball. Uh, sometime this week, hope to be back with a guest, probably closer middle to late week. Uh, but until then, for Cambridge Limits, I'm Kate Carlton. So long, everybody. Have a great day.